Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I've got my friend and buddy here, Stephen Cervantes. So how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm looking forward to God blessing another podcast. Yes, we are excited to be here with you. Um, I'd like to just dive in, Stephen, because, um, you know, we're going to talk about marriage. And uh, I want to I want to pass this off to you because you are you know the marriage doctor. (laughs) That is good. (laughs) That is good, Jonathan. So, all right, on to marriage. Here we go, folks. Everybody that comes into counseling says the same thing. Their marital issue starts this way. Do you know what the line is? We don't communicate. We have a communication. I was going to say we have a communication problem. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. We don't communicate. And I think, how'd you get here? How'd you get in the car? How'd you make the... We don't communicate. Everybody communicates. One of the rules of communication is you can't not communicate. That's true. Everybody's communicate. I can't count the number of times that my wife has reminded me what a communication professor said to us when we were in college. No, let's hear it. This is good. 90% of communication is nonverbal. <laughs> she reminds me of that over the years. You and know? is that because you're making faces or grunting or pointing? Or yeah. That's because funny. she's like, hey, your your body language is not matching your words. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so we don't communicate. And I have to immediately decode that what does that mean because it doesn't mean what you think it means we are communicating all the time even if you're not talking you're communicating right silent treatment that's communicating something so if it's not a communication problem then what is it what's the problem it's an immaturity problem or a self-centered problem or different expectations different wants different needs right it's it's uh, me running into you, all of my stuff running into all of your stuff, and we don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And we're two different people. So we're, we're struggling to interact because, like, I'm a saver and you're a spender, or I like a neat house and you like to be comfortable and throw things around. <laughs> and, and you know how that goes? Opposites, right? I work a lot. Hey, why don't you chill? Why do you work so much? I mean, you, these, and opposites attract, okay? <laughs> because why? Do we need two of you? No, we don't need two of us. Right. We need somebody opposite of. So the guy that, that really works hard and is working to be successful, he'll find somebody that's less driven, right? And and she's wowed by his drivenness, and, and he's wowed by her ability to rest. And so in the beginning, it's so attractive, the opposite. It's so comforting. You're so restful. I want to be like you, except I don't really. Or but, I would be like you. You know what, though? The irony to me, though, is because I'm thinking back of when, you know, Elaine and I fell in love and all this and, and kind of when anybody sort of falls in love yeah. is, yes, I agree with you in the sense that opposites attract. But what's interesting is the power of that attraction is is seemed to be strengthened when we find those little points of similarity. Oh, you think that? Yeah, me too. Do you believe that? Yeah, we believe the same, and we we have the same ideas. Oh, you know what? We both want kids. That's great. And you and you and you almost get deceived into believing we're really so alike. Yeah, that's right. You know. And then the thing is, you get married, and then of course enough time of living together, then you realize, wait a second. 
we are not nearly as alike as we sort of deceived ourselves into thinking we were, you know? So my version of that is, I like Coke. You like Coke? <laughs> I like pizza. You like pizza? We're so alike. Yeah, you know? exactly. So the real question is, how do you live with a difficult person? Because everybody's difficult, mm-hmm. meaning they like what they like, they want what they want, they came from the story, they came their past, there's their past. And so everybody is married to a difficult person. Mm-hmm. And the question is, how do I live with this difficult person? Isn't that really the question? Yeah. We're so different and we don't understand each other. The differences are starting to, to rub raw places on each other. The, the first thought that comes to my mind is I, I heard uh, there was a guy in my group that uh, recently he was saying, you know, he said, I didn't take the advice that this counselor gave to me before my wife and I got married. He said, or he said, I didn't believe what this guy said to me. Oh, I thought you, his advice was run. No, 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 no. No, he said, he said to me, he said, do you know who is going to be the most difficult person in your marriage? It's like, who? You. (laughs) And so it was kind of like he was saying, you got to take a look at yourself for like, like it's easy to look and find out, realize, yeah, I'm I'm living with a difficult person and not realize that, well, actually maybe the most difficult person you're living with in this relationship is yourself, Mm. you know? So I think it's a both and it's like, we got to look at our own difficulties as well as how do we live with the difficulties of this other person in our lives. So in this opposite, marrying opposite, growth people find no growth people and get married. So it's like, I'm always trying to grow. It's like, why are you working? I like who I am. Just leave me yeah. alone. No, yeah. no, let's grow. Let's grow. No, no. Hey, I already, I already did all the schooling I want. I don't need more growing or schooling. I don't need anything else. I'm fine. Just the way I am. I mean, you, you, you get the tension in these things, right? So the real question is, how do we create a safe place? Mm-hmm. Right? Because... We're gonna irritate each other, and we have to we have to learn, and we have to grow. And can we create a safe place, right? And th- there has to be then a level of acceptance that you're different, you're not me, and that's okay, and I'm not you, and and that's okay. Because if you don't do acceptance, you do anger. Yeah. Well, why don't you just do what I tell told you to do? It's funny. I heard this guy not too long ago saying, "I told my wife, I told her twenty years, she just doesn't do what." what I told her to do, you know, I want her to lose weight. And, and I just tell her all the time, I just tell her to do, I just lose weight. That's what I want you to do. Why didn't she listen? You know, God's the authority and I'm the head. What? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, Jonathan? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said before, who's going to be the most difficult person in your relationship? Like uh, he, he's got to look in the mirror, you know. So, and then the whole, I mean, Life is hard, right? Oh, yeah. And people eat for comfort. And, and, and sometimes you put on weight because you eat for comfort. And, yeah. And it's a dilemma, and it's a little complicated. It's not like, hey, I don't, you don't, so don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a little more complicated than that. So after have- even that, even that simplistic advice, what would happen if, that, if he said that in the mirror? Do you, well, think, do you think he's one that for, is really everything he needs to work on and change? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just exactly? That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like it's easy to point out the faults in somebody else and, and direct them to change when 
when's the last time you really went on a growth mission yourself to try to improve yourself, you know? And isn't change hard? Have you It's very hard, yeah. To change, we like who we are, we designed who we are, we planned it and we executed it, we practice every day being who we are. And you want me to be different? Jeez, that's yeah. hard. It's like, I think it was Dallas Willard who said, uh, your system is perfectly constructed for the results you are getting. Yeah, that's good. In other words, it's like, look at look at whatever results are being produced in your life. Whatever system you've constructed there is constructed perfectly for those results. Yeah. So if you don't like the results you're getting, you're going to have to change the system. And obviously, changing a system is way harder than anything else. So I'm just giving you thoughts and ideas about marriage and the difficulty and mindsets. And so, so one of the questions is, I know you're going to challenge me. But can you be nice about it? Can you be Christ-like about, mm. I know I need to clean up more or save money more or work out more or clean the refrigerator more or do the laundry. Could you be nice about it when you challenge me? Yeah, I heard, I think it was uh, uh, Ravi Zacharias one time, and it, it, he said this statement, and at first I kind of bristled at it because I thought, no, that, that can't be right. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I think that's actually right. And he, the statement was basically, there is never a good reason to be unkind. Never. There's never. There's a never reason. a good reason to be unkind. Yeah. And I, I mean, at first I was kind of like, wait a second. No, no. If I, I, I want to challenge somebody. I want to, well, even if I need to challenge somebody, do I need to be unkind about it? Mm. You know what I mean? Even when Jesus was, you know, you could you could try to make the argument. Well, man, he drove out the money changers with a whip. Wasn't that being un- no? He was being he was he was being truthful, and he was holding. You know, he's saying this is not what my father's house is for. But mm. his words were never unkind. He was never, you know what I mean. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, maybe that's a, that's one to chew on for a while about about marriage. Is there is there ever a reason to be unkind to my spouse? Mm, that's good. I should put that on the list. Because cause the, the next question is, will you love me? Will you just love all of me? Will you just love me like I am? Because if you think about what Christ does is, as you are, sinner and all, failure, loser, you know, mistake-making person, I still love you. I think the challenge that some people have with that, and I know I've wrestled with it myself, is... Um, there's the to me there's this very fine line and i don't even know exactly where it would be put but there's this very fine line between me saying stephen i fully accept you for everything that you are all, all of your brokenness all of your humanity all of that and i also love you but here's the thing love is i believe a little bit further it's 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 larger than acceptance because if i truly love you and i see you in your character in your words or in your mm-hmm. actions essentially heading off a cliff i have to get in your face there's a point at which love says hey you know what that is not that's not right that's not good that's not that's not for your good. That's you know what I mean. So it's kind right. of like. But even your rule of kindness would apply there. Right? It would still be kind, but it's like there's there's a point at which I think sometimes we hear that. Will you love all of me? And I think sometimes the underlying message is, will you leave me alone on the places where I need to be challenged, and just love me? 
And I think that's a false understanding of love. Because if I actually do love you, I want your highest bit, your highest good at my cost. Mm. So in other words, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to maybe even challenge you where it's going to be uncomfortable or it might, you know what I mean? Like in a marriage, it's going to be, <coughs> there's not always, it's not always going to be like, I'm going to. Uh, right. But I think you can make that point for change, but change is very difficult and you have to decide do you go back to love or do you, you know, hold their feet to the fire and and push them and prod them and you know what I mean? And so But that's what I'm saying. Like even Jesus in his love of us is saying, uh, you know, unless you leave father and mother and house and job you listen, that's not what it's like to be a disciple of mine. Right. If you love me, you'll keep my yeah, commandments. You know, it's like thing. there's hard things and he's saying that's actually love. So I think sometimes there's a there's a um a grit to love that is not always comfortable, but it's actually good. And so anyway, all I'm saying here is, is like you said, yeah, change is hard and marriage is difficult. But I think even to understand what it means to love each other in marriage means that there's going to be, we're going to be challenging each other to grow. And that's not always going to be super comfortable. No, I think that's right. In terms of challenging one another, do we call each other to higher places? Yeah. So we're listing needs. I need you to I need a safe place. Uh, you know, I need to know that I'm loved. And then and then I want to be known and loved. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to explore me and and pull things out of me and help me see me and love me. <clears throat> because strangers can love you but they don't know you. Yeah. And if you're in a marriage, there's a sense that I I need to work on me in a safe place. And I want you to know that you're going to love me even if I'm damaged or broken or struggling. Mm-hmm. So I need to cough a second. Hey, yeah, go ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm back. All right. So here's some thoughts about marriage. Uh, who I am in public is not often who I really am. Right. Have you noticed that? That <laughs> I hear this all the time. Uh, a woman will say, my husband is so kind at church. If you need anything, he'll do it. He's so kind to everyone. And then he comes home, he closes that door, and he says, in essence, you're on your own. I'm tired. Don't bother me. It's like kindness out there in public, but yeah. not so kind at home. Yeah. And I think that that's been part of getting back to that, you know, uh, will you love all of me? You know, like uh, there may be a point of challenge there, but at the same time, it's like, man, you, it's the whole package, right? Yeah. When you marry somebody, you get all of that, the brokenness and everything. So these are just observations about people in marriage. One is I'm going to treat you like I treat me. So if I don't really like to talk, you and I are one. So I don't like to talk. So now you don't like to talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. How, whatever I like, uh, that's what I'm going to do to you, right? If if I'm a social being and I want to be out social, then I'm dragging you everywhere socially. I need to go. Yeah. Because we think, oh, you're just like me. And the reality is when we, get, when we find out they're not, they're opposite. And so sometimes the fact that I don't like to talk and you like to talk and you need to talk is going to be a challenge. And But my preference is I don't like to talk – don't you not like to talk to? Right. And that's part of the challenge. That's part of the challenges is our own uh, beliefs and expectations that we create in that. Right. 
because now we've created an expectation that if I don't like to talk, then you shouldn't as well. And if you do, now I'm going to be upset and disappointed. Yeah, and, oh, you that's know. good. Why are you arguing? Why are you talking? Right. Every time you talk, you're arguing. You're saying something negative. Stop talking. It's like, well, I'm trying to work something out here. Right. So the third one is we all live today with an identity that we developed in our childhood. Mm-hmm. Right? Because when we were kids, in that context, like I needed to be a pleaser to survive. So I leave that context and I and I go out in the public and I'm still a pleaser, right? I'm trying to be a pleaser everywhere I go. Well, maybe that's not the best thing. Yeah. But that's what I know, so I do the same thing. And until you stop and examine yourself and go, what am I doing? Because sometimes you can tone that back and you should tone that back and not mm-hmm. so work so hard at taking care of everybody all the time because sometimes we want the young people to, to serve and rise up and be caretakers. And so if you're always doing it, you don't give an opportunity for someone else. So we should get to the point where we have the skill that we use it and sometimes we don't use the skill. But but when you're only running on childhood stuff, you just have to do it. You have to do it everywhere you go. You have to be the pleaser, be the pleaser, be the caretaker, be the worrier, be the controller, be the perfectionist. Everywhere you go, you have to do the thing you learn to do to survive childhood. And that's like annoying in adulthood. Yeah. It's a lot of what we talk about when we, when we talk about the, the, um, when we did the whole webinar on emotional training for men, right? Just the the idea of at some point, those childhood coping mechanisms, those childhood ways of doing things, they've got to mature into an adult way of doing them. And we, we built them and, and designed them and planned them in a different context. And they're not working in this context. So we have to back up and examine them, and that's part of I think how we can grow together in our marriage, right? Is is can we can can we have an honest enough dialogue where those things are not a point in which we shame one another, but right. a point in which we try to draw each other out and help each other grow. And I say, hey, don't be the caretaker right now. Just just relax, step back, and slow down. Yeah, and then we get to create the other part of our development. Because our parents were supposed to tell us, don't be the caretaker all the time. Sometimes you're right. the caretaker, and sometimes you're just patient and wait and let other people lead and get stuff done. And sometimes you're the leader, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're the follower. And you can move around. You can be fluid. And when you mature, you can do that. But when you only run one program, you just do it all the time everywhere. It's like, uh, can we get to growth now, please? So one of the other rules of marriage is no talking, no connecting. And you're very specific on this, right? It doesn't say no communicating. No, <laughs> that's conne- good. That's you good. you talk about this all the time, right? Yeah. Let's let's say it. It's no talking. That means right. you're not connecting. And so I have to start talking. I have to tell you about my life. You tell me about your life. We're talking back and forth, and we're learning each other. Then we're connecting, because people say, "Oh, we're so close. We don't talk." It's like you're not that close. You don't know each other. <laughs> you just coexist. But talking is required for connecting to happen. Mm-hmm. Because and and if we start talking, we can start learning and start exploring and start saying, you know, I'm not very good at this. And if you help me, okay, good. Now we're connecting. All right? yeah. That's the point. It's not just talking about the weather either all day. It's really talking to learn your spouse. But the rule is some people think we don't have to talk to connect. No. No talking, no connecting. Yeah. 
Uh, and so the next rule is this. Deep talking is usually easier for one of us than the other one. Because it's funny because this, this woman said, oh my goodness, we were dating. He let me all the talk all the time. And I thought, he's so wonderful. He's just being kind. When we get married, he'll be talking too. Well, <laughs> we got married and he's still not talking. Yeah. You know? And she, she kind of convinced herself into going, oh, he's just not talking because he knows I like to talk. So he's just waiting. And it's like, oh, oh no, he's not talking. He doesn't talk. Okay, he's not talking. He's not talking now. He's not talking later. But, but it's like we convince ourselves of what we want and we think, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, let's do this now. Let's learn now. You know what I found out, too, over the years is like, you know, you, you mentioned here deep talking will be easier for one than the other. Sometimes that's also based on the subject. So in other words, I wouldn't make it a blanket statement that says all possible subjects of deep talking are easier for one than the other. In other words, I've noticed there's a there's a difference with me and even me and my wife. Like, you know, certain topics she can go way deeper in or wants to go way deeper in than I'm willing to. But there's also some where it's like I'm willing to go there. And she's not as willing to go there. So sometimes it's even based on the subject matter of whether or not one of them is going to be better, which is why I think one of the things that we've tried to do, not always successfully, is say, okay, well, if one of us is sort of stronger in that area, let that person be the one to sort of help train yes, the other person absolutely. in how to talk about that and, and, and give over that sense of like, okay, yeah, I'm not good in this area. Can you help me? kind of draw me into that space. That's beautiful because then we help each other, right? We both have strengths and weaknesses and we need all of your strengths and you need all of my strengths and we got to work on your weaknesses and we got to work on my weaknesses so that they can get stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, everybody needs praise and acceptance and encouragement mm-hmm. and, and you're going to find some people say, we never gave compliments in my family. Oh, wow. I never got a compliment. I don't give compliments. I don't. I don't get compliments. Why do you need compliments? Yeah. Why they do you need to praise? It's a sign of weakness, right? Yeah. It's just foreign. You know. Why do I have to do that? That's dumb. Just live and pat yourself on the back. Why? Why do I have to pat you on the back? Pat yourself on the back. That's what I do. I pat myself. Well, I don't need praise from anybody. But the truth is, everybody. Healthy people need to encourage one another, yeah. lift each other up, and say positive things. And I mean, even Christ, when we were sinners, calls us saints, right? Why? Mm-hmm. To call us up, to encourage us, to call us to high places. And so, some people aren't trained very well in that, and and it's a habit. And so, you learn not to, and you can learn too. I, I do want to say something about this too, because I think. Uh, it probably maybe from about the mid to late 80s there was a swing of the pendulum so far in the other direction that now now there seems to be this idea of um praise everything yeah and so i think it's important to kind of draw a balance here that says um you know not everything is praiseworthy <laughs> right you know what i mean it's like some things are just part of the regular, normal, 
you know, daily routine. Um, like for instance, I mean, we kind of had house rules around our house growing up with our kids and it's like, um, everybody's got their particular chore to do. Right. Right. There might be a sense of appreciation for that, but it's kind of like everybody knows we're, we're supposed to do. You, yeah. You're, you were supposed to, you were supposed to fill the dishwasher. Right. Is, we didn't elevate that to the level right. of like a praiseworthy type of a, a deal. But it's like, man, when we saw that that moment where one of our children extended a totally un um, un in, uh, invited or whatever sense of kindness, or they did a gesture, they went be up above and beyond and and did something nice for one of their siblings. It's like, hey, man, we really highlighted that. Does that make sense? So I think there's a balance even with of, how we do praise, that. praise and things like that. It's like. That. Because so, I think some kids nowadays have been raised on so much, so much praise that they don't even know what is and isn't really praiseworthy. Mm. It's almost like, "Hey, Steve, I exist. Why aren't you praising me?" You know what I mean? <laughs> instead, uh. instead, you know. What I mean? Anyway, but so I think in marriage we need to, we do need to call each other up, like you were saying. Yes. We do need to say, "Your life matters." Um, and call out those moments that we really see of like, man, that was incredible kindness that you showed. And I, yes, and even to the point great. where I think it's important. I mean, I know that when I see certain things in my wife and I praise her for those, I'm like, I, I wish I had more of that. Mm, you know, the yes. way you show kindness and the way you uh, lift others up. So, so we know our strengths, and we try to hide our weaknesses. But they, we always trip over them, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you can't really hide them. They pop out. Whatever your weaknesses are, everybody knows. But you try to avoid them, ignore them, hide them. It's better just to say, oh, yeah, that's, that's a weak area. I'm not very good. But it also takes a very healthy person yeah. to be able to admit their weaknesses. And I think in a marriage, um, you know, a little bit of what I was just saying a minute ago if you can recognize your own weaknesses and communicate those well with your spouse and vice versa, I think what can happen is you can realize that a lot of times where you're weak, they're strong and where they're weak, you're strong. And can we have the humility to say, man, I, I submit to where you're strong and and not try to fight, like not try to fight for a sense of control of like, because I, you know, because one spouse may think they should do a particular role or whatever. Like I've got to fight for that. It's like, well, man, if you suck at that and your spouse is good at that, just just let it go, man. Right. That's right. And I think smart men allow their wives to have strengths and and use those strengths in the relationship. Absolutely. women let the men use their strengths. Yeah. So this story, this guy uh, I was talking to broke down crying. And he said, my wife left me. Uh, I tried to be in control of my life, and I made a mess of it. I like always doing the right thing, and I tried to be perfect. I tried to make my family perfect also. Uh but in this world, you either pass or fail. That's his world, right? You're good or you're bad. You're right or wrong. I did everything I could to not fail, he said. I avoided my emotions. 
and I avoided everyone else's emotions. I worked all the time. I hid. I hid my feelings. I tried to never have feelings. I thought logic and disconnecting and distance was the way to be safe. And now as I look back, I see that I've stunted myself and I've hurt the people around me on this mission to not be emotional and to do everything right. Uh, I was trying to protect me and avoid failure. And in the end, my wife didn't want to be with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the that's what happens when we sort of build our house of cards. You know, we kind of construct how we think it should go. And I think the more we try to control a relationship, the, the more out of control mm. it becomes. Because think about it. What's the foundation of a healthy marriage? Is it not a covenant love relationship? Mm. There is a there's a freedom in that that says I don't have control of this other person. They don't have control of me. Right. But by an act of our own will, we're choosing to pour ourselves into one another and choosing to pour, you know, pour out our lives for one another. Yeah. And so it's not about control. It's about like are getting the outcome I want or yeah. having to have it this way. And I think it's one of those things I I know this is sort of cliché but you know, I've seen those, you know, knitted whatever that say, you know, a, a, a great marriage is is not 50-50. It's, you know, two people giving 100% to each other, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You're, you're, in some ways, you're sort of emptying yourself into this other person. Um, and what this guy was experiencing was what happens when you try to say, I want it my way. Right. It's going to be my right. way. And it's like it ends up just falling apart. Mm-hmm. So... So you you understand that was his best attempt. He was doing his best thinking. He wasn't trying to destroy anything. He was just doing what he knew, control for a good outcome, and don't be emotional. Mm-hmm. But but those are two things that'll mess up another person because they want to be an adult and have some control, and they want to be allowed to mess up. Yeah. So so listeners, this has been kind of a shotgun. Uh, program here trying to give you some ideas about what is it what does it take to you know have and a, how difficult how it difficult is. marriage can and be our beliefs and, get in the way and our habits and our past get in the way and our thinking gets in the way so it's critical for us to be humble with one another and admit that we're just doing the best we can and we're opposites and i can give you grace because I need grace and acknowledge the reality of our core needs that we are we need to be known yes. and loved and that's the, and as we keep pursuing that and trying to grow together in that mm-hmm. because the reality is is you know we're never in this life going to get to the point where we exhaust even knowing ourselves mm. because we have new experiences and all kinds of stuff right let alone knowing this other person. So can we stay on that adventure? But also when it comes to love, mm-hmm. you can't exhaust that either. Like mm. if I if I love my wife today, can I say I've exhausted 
all the possibilities of what it means to love her today. No, because I'm going to get up tomorrow and then there's going to be more opportunity to love. Mm, and so you can't, you can't get to the end of love. That's so good. we hope this has been helpful just for generating some ideas and helping you move forward in this growth journey. Um, as you have questions or just want to share with us where you are on this journey, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us at puresexradio.com or on Twitter at puresexradio. And we look forward to seeing you back here again on the program next week. Thank you. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.